the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And the Lord spoke to them. And they instantly went, walking by faith, not by sight. I look at this, I look at Joseph's obedience, I, I look at the disciples here and their obedience, and I want to be a Christian who's filled with the Spirit, who's walking in the Spirit, that hears the voice of God when He speaks to me and instantly responds. For years, I did what I knew I was supposed to do. I followed the rules of Christianity without ever really knowing the personal, relational Savior. Once I heard the voice of the Spirit, however, I took off running after Him, and I have never looked back. What kind of relationship do you have with God today? Is it a life of rules and regulation? Or is it a living, vibrant relationship where you listen and respond to the Spirit like Joseph did in today's verses? Today, Pastor Dan is going to show you a life in the Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. These wise men, they see this star that shall come out of Jacob, the Messiah. They see it. They follow it. Verse 3. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Remember, I said Herod had converted to Judaism. And notice here in verse 4, Herod is familiar with the Messiah. And he asked the chief priests and the scribes, the the religious experts, where the Christ Messiah was to be born. Now, these are the same chief priests and scribes that will become the biggest enemies of Jesus Christ and oppose him and conspire to have him crucified. So Herod asks where the Messiah was to be born. And look at verse 5. They immediately know the answer and can even quote the Bible verse from memory. You know, they don't, they don't pull out their phone and open their Bible app and say, well, let me, let me look. I don't know. Uh, I think there's a verse that talks about where he's going to be born. Do you remember what the name of that, you know, where that is in the Bible? No, they know the verse. Look at verse 5. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The religious leaders, listen, they know about God, but they don't know God. They know about God, but they don't know God. They know the Bible. They could win a Bible B contest. They know the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. 
which shows us, you know, it's, it's possible for a person to be very, very religious and know the Bible and not know Jesus Christ and not have eternal life. Just because a person is religious and devout and because they can quote scripture, it doesn't mean they have eternal life. Jesus said you must be born again. Jesus said, if you're not born again, you will not even see the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. Now, in verse 6, the religious leaders quote Micah 5.2, this prophecy that the Messiah will be born in the town of Bethlehem. But I want you to note here, they left off the last part of the verse. They left off the last part of the verse that says, of the Messiah, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. The last part of the verse declares the deity of the Messiah, that he's God. And the religious leaders left it out when they quoted the verse to Herod. Maybe they feared how Herod might react. And they didn't want to upset Herod. The religious leaders were cowards. They were cowards. And listen to me, do not edit the word of God. Do not edit the word of God. Out of fear of offending someone. Or upsetting someone. Fear God more than you fear man. Especially in these days. Boldly declare the word of God. And don't don't be afraid. Don't feel like you've got to leave some things out because you don't want to upset people or offend people. You know, the Apostle Paul said, pray that I open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. So, verse 7, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, he determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Remember, he's, he's a paranoid madman. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Notice Jesus is a young child. He's not an infant. Maybe as much as two years old. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Now, give me your attention for just one second. Bethlehem is about five or six miles away from Jerusalem. It's only five or six miles away and the religious leaders, the priests and the scribes, they don't bother to make that five-mile journey to Bethlehem to see if the Messiah's there. It's a 90-minute walk. They could walk there, check it out, have a falafel, and come back the same day. They don't even have to get a hotel room. And, and here, here's what I want you to note. These religious people are really indifferent about Jesus. Yes, they're religious. But when it comes down to it, they're indifferent about Jesus. 
Verse 11, it says, And when the wise men had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men, they bring gifts to Jesus Christ, the king. And it's really remarkable how well these wise men knew the character and ministry of the king of the Jews. You know, sometimes you receive a gift and the person who gave it to you knows you so well, they give you just the perfect gift. And, and you open it and you're like, man, that you nailed it. That's, uh, that's exactly what I, I love it, right? Other times you're kind of like, you th- why did you think of me when you saw this, right? I mean, but these wise men from the east, they give Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is the symbol of kingship. Frankincense was used by the priests in the temple offerings. Myrrh was a burial spice. John chapter 19, verse 39, after Jesus was crucified, his body was anointed with a mixture of myrrh and aloe. Jesus is the king of the Jews. He's the great high priest who intercedes on our behalf, and he was the sacrifice for us. Dying on the cross in our place as our substitute, shedding his blood for our sins. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh are the perfect gifts for a king, priest, and sacrifice. That brings us to verse 12. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Notice how much uh, how people are being led by dreams here, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. This would be a word of knowledge. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt And he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I call my son. Joseph was warned in a dream. And I want you to notice here that Joseph arose and took the child and Mary, it says, by night and departed to Egypt. Joseph heard from the Lord in this dream and was instantly obedient. He didn't even wait until morning to leave. He left in the middle of the night. He took his family and left in the middle of the night. No preparation, no hotel reservations, no plan, no job waiting for him in Egypt before he leaves. The Lord told him to go, and Joseph immediately obeyed the Lord without delay. I want you to turn with me over to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 18. This is when Jesus begins to call his disciples. Chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately, 
they left the boat and their father and followed him. When Jesus called them, Peter and Andrew, James and John, they dropped their nets and followed him. They didn't even finish out the workday. They walked off the job. God called them and they obeyed. No, you know, they, they don't say, well, let me pray about it. Let me think it over for a few days and get back to you. They didn't say, well, what are we going to do for an income? I've got a mortgage. I've got bills. Jesus, do you have some kind of spreadsheet that I could look at that's just going to kind of lay the whole thing out for us of what your plan is and how this is, how are we going to pay for things? Where are we going to stay? You know, all those kinds of questions we ask. Well, the Lord spoke to them. And they instantly went. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Walking by faith, not by sight. I look at this, I look at Joseph's obedience, I, I look at the disciples here and their obedience, and I want to be a Christian who's filled with the Spirit, who's walking in the Spirit, that hears the voice of God when He speaks to me and instantly responds. I don't want to limit God by my own control needs or limit God or delay what He's doing because of my over-analysis, I want to be quick to just trust and obey and go. Just like Joseph here. He gets up in the middle of the night. He's got a baby and a wife. Imagine if your spouse woke you up in the middle of the night. I think, I think we need to move to Egypt right now. Get dressed. Let's go. Just love that obedience. Now, the Lord tells them to go to Egypt because Egypt was outside of Herod's jurisdiction. So they're out of the reach of Herod now when they get to Egypt. Egypt is only about a three days walk from Bethlehem. And plus, there's a large Jewish community in Egypt. Uh, So Joseph and Mary will find a faith community there when they get to Egypt. Verse 15 tells us that he was there until the death of Herod. Now, Herod died in 4 B.C. 4 B.C. Scholars believe that Jesus was born in about 6 B.C. It seems strange to say, but Jesus was born B.C., before Christ. I don't know how that works, but somehow he was born before Christ. And it says that this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. He's quoting from Hosea here. 
Now, remember, Matthew writes his gospel to Jews. And here he points the reader back to Egypt and the Exodus. And what is what is he really saying here? What is he implying? Jesus is like a new Moses for the people of Israel. He's like a new Moses. If you look at the story of Moses and the story of Jesus, there's many, many parallels between Moses and Jesus. We don't have time to go through them all, but I'll just give you one example. At the time of the birth of Moses, Pharaoh ordered the death of all the Hebrew babies. And here, Herod does the same thing at the birth of Jesus. So there's, there's many parallels. The Jewish reader will see the similarities between Moses and Jesus and recognize Jesus is another deliverer like Moses. Verse 16. And then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentations, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This, this verse out of Jeremiah is from the time of the captivity when at Ramah, the Babylonians used that as a kind of a, a departure center where they were sending the Jews off into captivity from there. And what we see with Herod is Herod was threatened by Jesus. He was threatened by Jesus, and he commits this horrific act of killing all of the innocent children in Bethlehem, two years old and younger, in an attempt to kill the Messiah, the King of the Jews. Now listen, this is the world that Jesus came to save. This is the world that Jesus came to save. A world that was indifferent toward him, a world that despised him and rejected him, a world that wanted to destroy him and kill him. He came to save people that are so full of evil and wickedness that they kill innocent children. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. It says in John 3 that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And don't think that our world today is any better than they were back then. Man's heart is still just as desperately wicked today. The world today would do the same thing to Jesus if he were to come today. So that brings us to verse 19 as we're just about finished. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. And then he arose, took the young child and his mother And came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of the Galilee. And he came and he dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. He comes back to Israel, the land of Israel. He hears that Archelaus was reigning in his father's place, and he's afraid to go into Judea. In some ways, Archelaus was worse than his father, Herod. I'll just give you one example from Archelaus. On one occasion, Archelaus sent his troops into the temple during the Passover. 
And while the Jews were in the temple making their sacrifices for the Passover, he sent his troops in there to slaughter the Jews in the temple. And they killed 3,000 Jews in the temple while they were there celebrating Passover. So Joseph has good reason to fear Archelaus. He goes up into the Galilee because that's outside of Archelaus's territory. So he's outside of his reach there in the Galilee. That's not part of Judea. And then again, in verse 23, we're told he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. This is a is an interesting prophecy here. Notice it says what that which was spoken by the prophets, plural. He's not quoting one particular prophet with this prophecy. And what, it, what that means is this is something that prophets generally spoke of. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now, when the Jews returned from the captivity in Babylon, some of the descendants of King David founded the city of Nazareth. And they called it Nazareth because of a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This prophecy about a branch that will come from Jesse, David's father. The word branch in Hebrew is Nazar. We get the word Nazareth or Nazarene from it. So the Messiah will be a branch from the root of Jesse. He'll be a Nazarene. He'll come out of Nazareth. And so just in closing, we have in this chapter three responses to Jesus. The religious leaders responded with indifference. Even though they were religious, they knew the scriptures. They were indifferent toward Jesus. They weren't willing to make the short journey to Bethlehem to check it out for themselves. And then you have the response of Herod. Herod responded to Jesus with hostility. Herod saw Jesus as a threat. Jesus threatened Herod's position as king of the Jews and everything that goes along with it. You know, there are some people that are indifferent towards Jesus. They're indifferent. They they may even be religious. They may go to church. They may know the Bible, but they're not really interested in Jesus. They're not really interested in, in, in seeking him. Other people are like Herod. They see Jesus as a threat. They, they see themselves as the king, the king of their own life. And Jesus threatens that. Jesus threatens their kingship. They, he threatens their position. He threatens their lifestyle. And the reason he's a threat is because Jesus requires unconditional surrender. To him, you have to make Jesus king. You have to make Jesus Lord. You have to surrender yourself and hand over your throne, the throne of your life to Jesus Christ. And some people are just threatened by that. They don't want to do that. They'd rather put Jesus to death. I don't want to hear anything about that Jesus stuff. Because he's threatening. And then finally, you have the response of the wise men. The wise men worshiped Jesus. Wise men and women today seek Jesus to worship him as God and king. And so you have these three responses here. And everyone must choose how they will respond to Jesus. Will they be indifferent? Will they be threatened and hostile? Or will they worship him as savior and king? 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.